You're listening to The Bridge, a podcast on stories of courage, resilience, and innovation with me, Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College. Welcome to The Bridge Podcast, where we share stories of courage, resilience, and innovation. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Fadrizi Williams, the president of Central Penn College, and I am so excited about today's guest. Jen Shade is a radio legend. A 30-year veteran of Central Pennsylvania Radio, Jen Shade is the co-host of 105.7 The X, top-rated People's Morning Show. She also is the news director and the midday host. The well-known and well-loved radio host is heavily involved in local charities, including the American Legion Auxiliary, VFW Auxiliary, and Loyal Order of the Moose and Angels Among Us Pet Sanctuary. Jen studied graphics and animation from Temple University's Tyler School of Art. She grew up in Cumberland County and still lives there. Today, we continue our conversation with Jen Shade, a radio legend. But in general, our listeners are very intelligent, hardworking people who love what they're doing or trying to do better. And we have such a wide variety of listeners over the years. I mean, the base of listeners. I mean, when I find out you know, we have people with doctors who are listening, I'm like, sure. don't listen. I don't know what I'm doing over here. But <laughs> when you realize it's conversational style. Of course it is. And it's conversation. Yeah. They feel like you're talking to them. And I am. Right. And I'm watching our screens and we're listening to the phone calls, you know, and we're, you know, we can't take as many calls as we'd like to sometimes, but we do have like our text club and they'll constantly chime in with us. See, that's new too. Let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. From the time you started in radio to where you are now, what have been the biggest tech, you know, technological changes or the biggest adjustments? Because even when I was there, there really wasn't, there wasn't even texting yet Mm -hmm. where you were, you were not having that level of interaction with listeners. They started to, like social media started to emerge, but it was brand new. So from your perspective, like biggest changes. Automation, well, I, obviously. Obviously automation. Yeah. And and I'm not a fan of automation. I make it abundantly clear. In fact, when I was running a staff as a, an assistant program director, I handled a 24-hour operation. Uh, and I enjoyed that because I enjoyed growing. Who, are you, who do you have tomorrow if you're not working with somebody tonight? Yeah, you know, Who do you have yeah. for the morning shows? Who do you have to be entertainers right. if you're not? And there were a lot of things that happened at that point. You had syndication come in, you know, big names like Howard and all that right. came in and blew right. out a lot of the other people. And then they couldn't afford to have people in, um, you know, hiring college students because you had to pay for a big name in the sure. morning. So there was some of that. That was a big shift. Yeah, it was. That was what was considered what they called like a nuclear winter of yeah. talent. So that was a big change, even though it's not technological. But then, but that's a big change. No, that's a, that's an important one to mention, actually. And it's been one that has not fostered growth, right? And that's a problem because how do you have compelling content, standout content, and any business is what innovation and marketing? Yep. How do you have those things without that creative center? And we still haven't developed a computer that is creative right. yet. Right. That that does that listens and creates on the spot like a human does. I mm-hmm. hope we never do, really. But, I mean, I like innovation. Don't get me wrong. No, I agree with you. On the same side of that, though. It's I the mean, human factor. The fact that I can carry a computer around, yeah. and I have to be honest with you, during the pandemic, we we were the last people we thought we were going to get sent home yeah. because we were always told, and we are, under the FCC. Right. So we got our CISA letters that said that we still had to be on the road and be at the station to disseminate information to the general public on behalf of the federal government and, and the state government that we were going to have to be there. We were like, oh, boy, this is bad. We wow. never thought this was going to come to this, but uh-oh, it's hitting the fan. Yeah. And then we were told even we couldn't come in. 
So as a whole other subject, for us as broadcasters, you saw it with television, with your eyes. With us, it was a little harder to hear. We had a lot of problems. We basically were given boxes with laptops and microphones and said, here, you're now your own broadcasting unit. Some people had done it at home already and work at home doing voice work and other things. I had a partial studio set up, but nothing built for the live that I had to produce. But the fact that I can have a computer now with a microphone that I can record a studio quality broadcast or participate in, at the time we had a partner who was in Florida, you know, be able to participate as a three-party unit and not be in the same city or state is fantastic. And that's existed for a while. It just didn't come into play so fast for all of us as it did recently. But so I love that aspect of it. Right. That's a benefit. Yeah, sure. And being able to work from, you know, different locations. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't travel more, you know, during the pandemic, even just outside somewhere to a picnic table. But I, you know, I I was like everybody else. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to do what I have to do. But it gave us a lot. Uh, And I think recording is a lot easier. Musicians are finding it a lot easier easier to, I mean, you used to have to go into a recording studio and get a $225,000 bill for your first record. Right. And now you don't have to do that anymore. Um, But even so, people can create podcasts like you guys are doing, which is fantastic too. You still have to market them. You still have to get them heard because it's a lot of work. That's, I think, still what people don't understand. Long, long time ago, we'll go back to my college days. I had a professor named Paul Sheriff. He was pretty famous for being a very difficult man <laughs> on top of um, he would make you do things over and over and over again. On top of he would do like the Ritz Bits boxes and some major graphic design work. Okay. Okay. Because they had to be working in their field to be instructors, which, you know, is cool yeah, stuff. That is cool. Especially for live action, you know, work like that. So here in the studio, I'm like, why don't we have to do everything by hand? Why don't you do everything by hand and draw it all out? And then blah, 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 blah. And he said, will you just listen to me for a second? I said, okay, what? It was a little mouthy, I guess, as I was a youth, but I had questions and I wanted answers, which is great for my job now. He said, listen, what I'm trying to teach you is problem solving. Mm. Your equipment is always going to change. The world is always going to change. Your tools will be changing. How you solve a process and a problem or how you move through the process of solving a problem is what I'm trying to get you to learn. And so when you ask me what's the difference... There's so many things that make my job easier. Right. They've also piled a lot more on us, so I could turn around and say, yeah, I got a lot more work to do sure. because of it, but I, I, I'm not just, oh, I'm not just on the air for four hours a day. I no. do commercials. I oh, you know, yeah. do other things. But it doesn't matter what the equipment is. Right. And the biggest situation I've seen, though, out of it is, of course, the social media aspect. People really got their feelings hurt hard. I think we're coming out of that phase mm-hmm. a little bit. We've mm-hmm. learned to unfollow, unfriend, yeah. say no. Yeah. We'd gone through that really early. Because if somebody didn't yeah. like me, they'd call up and scream at no, me. No, no, I remember. I had similar things. And that, I think that's one of the hardest parts about being in any kind of public figure or any type of celebrity at all. And I, believe me, I was like on the smallest scale possible of celebrity. And I remember how cruel people were. It's a beatdown. They think nothing of Damn, telling you awful. if they don't like your lipstick, your makeup, oh, yeah, your yeah, hair. Yeah. If they hate, I mean, hate, hate what you said. Yeah. I've been physically threatened. I mean, you know, it's it's it, so we we've dealt with that, and I I get a little bit defensive, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I actually go, kind of go on the offense on yeah. that. I'm like, okay, if you want to have a discussion with me, come armed because I right. want to have that with you. I want to have this conversation with you, but don't just come in saying 
you suck. That word just makes me crazy. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm, I'm so used to being on regular air. I I don't know if I want to say it or not, but you know, I I just, that word drives me crazy because what does it mean? You don't like it. You don't agree with it. What is it that bothers you? Tell me because then we can have a conversation and maybe I can learn something. But overall, social media has really screwed people up. Well, I think at least for a while Mm because there's a learning curve. Yeah. And now I'm hearing a lot of podcasting going on, which is great, talking about mental health, talking about oh, there's a lot out there. getting through adversity and right. about how to fight your way through these right. kinds of thoughts and how your brain actually works at solving these situations where you're, in my case, like I was a pleaser. I thought if thousands of people loved me on the radio, you know, I'm 21, yeah. all the fun stuff aside, I thought if thousands of people told me that they loved me, I was going to feel whole and awesome. Mm. And I didn't. Right. It went the other way. And I realized it's the people that I really care about and the people I'm really meant to connect with. I was lucky enough to have this format to work in to help teach me that before social media came around. And I remember sitting there saying, oh, my gosh, you guys realize we were in Camp Hill many years ago. And I said, everybody's got a video camera now. (laughs) I said, we're either going to become really good people or not care at all. And and it's some of both. I think yeah. it's like everything. There's that, that gray is. in the middle. There's some people who simply don't care. They'll say anything, put it on their podcast, put it all out there, do weird stuff. No cares at all. Right. And they can find each other and do that. And that can be good and bad. You know, and then you've got people who have used it for good to raise enormous sums of money right. for charitable right. organizations and, and do great things. And then people who have gotten their feelings just wiped out. And people who've taken their lives because they put themselves out there thinking that being famous was going to give them something that they needed to find inside themselves, not somewhere else. Right. And I think the technology, that's, those are the things that I've seen technologically and emotionally. I kind of combine both in there because I think they're intertwined. They're huge. You're, You're absolutely right. You've seen huge changes in the time that you've been in radio, just in the way that listeners can interact. And you're right. A lot of people... They all think that they can be a radio DJ, a radio host, or a podcast host because they have the equipment to do it. Mm-hmm. But it is um, it is absolutely a skill. And if we do right. it well, we make it look easy. You know, like us sitting right. here talking, right. but because we've done it and we know. You know and, right. and, it isn't, um, and, and it is a content issue. Um, but it's also willing to put yourself, be willing to put yourself out there and sometimes get your feelings hurt by somebody uh, yeah. who disagrees and right now I think we've all learned oh, how yes. hot that gets. Yes. Yeah, you're you're in the media world at a very interesting time where people are just generally not patient. It was it's been a long year and a half. It it really has and it's taking a toll on everybody. I can't even imagine having to to deal with the listeners at that point. That's what I don't think people don't realize that. No, they had it's, no it's idea. It's exhausting. Not only was I trying to I'm very open about this um, because I had COVID before it had a name. Yeah. Okay. So it was back in the January prior to everything shutting down. And we've followed and traced that and and all the kinds of things. But I was studying this and working on this as it happened. And I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist. I'm just trying to get my hands on every bit of information because I want to know why I was in the hospital and what happened to me. And then, of course, you got politics involved. And we had this massive collision of two of the most sensitive things you could possibly. Don't you bring up at the Thanksgiving dinner table, right? Right. You don't bring up politics and you don't bring up, you know, personal medicine and yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we had them both going on at the same time. You're so right. it was probably one of the most one of the most difficult points in broadcast history, second to nine eleven. 
I, I believe that. And 9-11 was a shock that you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. This was a slow burn that still exists uh, in both categories. So it's – I find people – I don't know if they're – if people are easing up a little on each other. They still get feisty. Yeah. They're still getting out there and getting a little nasty. But I'm also a big advocate of being a good consumer of information. Yeah. None of these agencies stay up and running unless you're giving them your time. That's true. So when it comes to, and I've spoken on this at, at, at colleges too, um, being a good consumer mm-hmm. of, of information and making sure that you're reading through the headlines and making sure that you're going a little bit further to find right. out you know, what it is that the real story is, is extremely important, especially if you're going to turn and spout an opinion Absolutely. on social media and then not expect to get somebody screaming at you and yeah. Reddit's a great place for that. Twitter's become a great place for everybody tacking each other. And if you can't do it, it's okay not to. No, you're 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 completely right. I was actually I was on the air during 9/11 and I was I worked on a morning show and I did the news in addition to being the co-host and I'm from the New York area. Right. So we were in the Hudson Valley and it was that's only about an hour, hour and a half from New York City. So a lot of our listeners worked in New York City. And a lot of them were volunteer firefighters and police officers that went down after. So that, I mean, being on the air, and I remember thinking everyone thought that it was an accident, that a plane accidentally an went into opening the first yeah. That was what everyone thought, like, oh, this is crazy. And then I went into the newsroom, working on the reel-to-reel, and saw the second plane hit. And we thought, holy cow, we're under attack. And it was, you're right, it was a shock. And then for our community, we lost so many people mm-hmm. that it was just hearing the stories. And it was sad. But the way you describe the last 18 months is a slow burn, and people are are growing increasingly frustrated and impatient, and, and they hate the media in yeah. general. So you're dealing with that. On you're trying to yeah. you're trying to provide entertainment and provide an opinion and provide background on information, but you're also being attacked just because you're in the media. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a little bit crazy right and, you know, now. Sometimes facts are boring. I mean, be honest. Yeah. You know, sometimes a fact is a fact and it's boring. And sometimes there are things that can be discussed and sometimes they aren't. And, you know, we did have somebody from our head of programming come down from corporate and be like, this is what you can't talk about and this is what you can talk about. And Yikes. I bristled big time. I, I said, I- excuse me. I yeah. said, now, listen, I, I don't want to offend listeners and lose them. Right. I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to upset anyone. I said, but I'm not going to ignore something that has become a blatant fact or whatever because – the company has a line on it or because you're not comfortable dealing with possible backlash. I can handle this. I've been doing this and I've been working with our listeners for years and they know what I stand for and they know who I am. My partner's different from me and that's cool. Right. You know, but, but I have certain things I stand for and certain things that I, I believe in and they know it. I wouldn't be being true and you wouldn't believe me if I tried to blow smoke. Sure. It's not going to work like that. Today's highly competitive job market requires college graduates to develop an edge before they ever walk into a job interview. At Central Penn College, we provide our students opportunities to develop that interview room edge in part through hiring expert faculty to teach in our classrooms. Central Penn College professors have that real-world experience you seek. Nearly all Central Penn College faculty have current or recent experience in their field of instruction that translates into powerfully relevant hands-on learning in the classroom. 
Central Penn College is a small private college in Central Pennsylvania offering nine Bachelor of Science degree programs, seven Associate of Science degree programs, three Associate in Applied Science degree programs, a Master of Professional Study degree programs, and dozens of post-secondary certificate and diploma programs. Visit centralpen.edu to learn more about our exciting career-ready programs. Central Penn College. Opportunities start here. And I fought back against some of that. And it didn't go well a couple of times, you know, but I believe in what I believe in. And if you have to fight for it, I, I just, I know that people are frustrated, but here's the part when you said that they're, you said they're learning, you know, and what I, learning is learning, mm-hmm. you know, and sometimes learning is n- not a painless scenario. Oh, you yeah. have to, you have to feel it yeah. to get over it and to get into the next level of what it is you're supposed to be doing. I think all of this technology combined with what hap- what's been happening the last year and a half or so has really created an interesting spot, but we're now, like, you can only be angry for so long. That's true. You can't, I mean, you're either going to stop or you're going to go crazy yeah, on yeah. the inside. And we certainly don't want that to happen. But I think some people have realized how to manage it. Some people have realized to just say enough. I don't need this. I don't need to be on so much. Or they learn who they trust. And you hope when it comes down to it, when you're the one who's responsible for delivering information, that they trust that what you're saying is the honest truth as much as you have at the moment. Right. And tomorrow, it could be totally different. That's true. So I, it's a it's a very interesting time, but we're learning. We're all learning. We are learning, and I and I want to I want to talk to you about this because you made the decision to leave radio for a little <laughs> while, and then you came back, and now you get ex- to experience all of this this new level. So just briefly talk about the transition for you. Why did you ultimately decide to leave radio? Um, what was happening in your life at that point, and then ultimately why did you decide to come back? Well, okay, I can't be anything but honest. I. I I'm just not the kind of person that can do something that they don't believe in 100%. And I got to that point in my life where I felt like I was wearing a mask. Yeah. This will get deep. It's weird. right? But, you know, I, I felt like I didn't feel like I was being myself. I was working in an environment where the person – I didn't want to go any higher in management mm-hmm. because I liked working with people. I didn't want to deal with corporate I'm sorry. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I, I wanted to grow the staff. I wanted to work with the people and teach them how to be better broadcasters and how to work on things that I learned. And I was working, unfortunately, at the time with a program director who I didn't get along with at all. And I didn't agree with anything that she was doing and how she was doing it's it. It's hard. And she, I was doing more the, the grind work right. and she was doing the glamour work and it just got to be such an aggravation. I I, I just hated it. Yeah. I, but I love my job and I love the listeners, but I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So an opportunity came up to go to one of their little startup stations that they were okay. going to try to start. And they said, why don't you go out and try to start that? And I did. And it failed. And they brought me in. And nobody wants to go into one of the hardest times of your life. And I was taught this by Ed Coffey. He's like, uh, uh, he goes, you're always worried about problems. You think there's a problem. The problem is not having a job. Every He goes, worry. that's what you worry about, not having a job. Uh, everything else is a problem to solve. That's what he said. Right. So- all of a sudden, they just shut their station down, and she won. Not really, though, because here's the thing. It was a battle, not the war, let's say, of life. Mm-hmm. Um, she may have been able to get rid of me on one level, but remember we said earlier about failing. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes I felt like I failed. I lost to this person. That's such a hard feeling. And I remember, but I remember walking up my long driveway, taking up the garbage can, crying like, oh my God, I'm a single mom and I, I don't have a job now. What am I going to do? Mm. And I don't know if this, I don't know who I am because who are you without you, an you ego identify, a job? Yeah, you identify with what you do. And, and in this job, it's big ego. Mm-hmm. I work with some big egos. Yep. And myself, was I was included in that. Uh, I took it everything so seriously myself, too. And I remember walking up the driveway, and I thought, how long has it been since I looked at my own driveway instead of just running up and down it? Right. And a friend of mine who owned several businesses, um, it was Downtown Entertainment, um, he gave me a call, and he was a client of mine. I worked with him for years, Ron Kamianka, and he said, I want you to take a break for a week. I'll help you out. He goes, just get a grip. He goes, you were wronged, but it's for the right reason. You needed a break. You were going in the wrong direction. Wow. So I didn't actually stop, but I do believe wholeheartedly that that block was put there. Yeah. And I was meant to get out because I had so much invested that it was making me very sick. Mm. I was going in and out of my driveway, seeing, you know, seeing my daughter yelling at her, you know, get your stuff, do your thing. Frustrated. I yeah. was frustrated. I was unhappy. And my whole world just came to an end. And I, had, I was forced to look at myself and go, okay, now who are you without this job? Yeah. Without this identity, without this personality that everybody says you have. And I went to work for Metro for Traffic for a little while. And then Ron had called me and said, would you be my corporate director of entertainment for like 12 different nightclubs? So I was hiring bands and I was working crazy. Sort of how you got your start. Right back to where I belong. And again, where I thought it was a failure, it was one of the biggest, most successful times of my life in growth, spiritually, emotionally. Yes. And Oddly, I was coming back. It was November. I had never have off in November because the ratings period, so you weren't allowed to take off. Sweeps. I was (laughs) in Las Vegas, and I saw Earl David Reed was on the marquee at the Rio or whatever it was. And and then I sent him a – I think it was an AIM at the time if I date myself. I'm like, oh, I just saw you. I I sent a message. (laughs) I I saw your name out on the marquee in Las Vegas. And he said, funny, I'm coming back to PA. He was coming back to work with Nipsey at 105.7 The X. They had started in November. He couldn't tell me. And in February, I got a call from the two, the, my boss at the time, Ron, and from uh, the other uh, boss, Rob uh, Adams, Bob Adams. And they wanted to hire me back to do the same job that I had done with Coffee and Jammer, where okay. I was the news person, yeah. which, by the way, real quick, when they hired me to do that morning show, to go up into the mornings, right. like, we want you to come into the mornings. Instinctively, I said, okay, but there are two things. I don't play a dumb broad, and I don't get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> because that's Good all I'd you. ever heard of women Good on the you. air at the time. Yep. You know, it was a, the women were hired at the time. Oh, <laughs> to laugh. And I know. <laughs> I was I so know. funny, but weren't taken seriously. Right. So I knew when they called me that I, I knew where I'd fit in. Yeah. I knew what I could do. Good for you. And I was going to go right back to where I belonged. I picked up in under a year where I left off, but came back in a whole person, not somebody yeah. who was just wrapped up in themselves or the job or whatever. I, I understood and appreciated my life and my value and what my purpose was at that point. And that's how I kind of ended out in and out 
And if you know anything about HR and benefits, I didn't lose anything either because it was under a year. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So you were so you weren't out that long. So no, you were I, out for under a year. I, yeah. But a transformative year that, in a lot of ways, had Wait it second. not happened, you would be living a very different life. How old was your daughter at that time? Do you remember? Oh, she was about thirteen. Okay, so critical age for your daughter. She was in middle school. Yeah. So she was in middle school, and you know, I talk a lot about work-life balance on here because it's it's not really truly possible and. And there's been this shift in the industry to talk about work-life integration. Yes. And it's how you can really make the two work. Now and, even more difficult with working from home. Which is, yeah, I can't stand it. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I like coming, like, as soon as I was able to get back in, I was back here in June um, during the pandemic. But from the time you left radio and then you came back and you were back and you were in a morning show, clearly a fit. You're working with people that you love. Mm-hmm. Um how had your did you take anything with you from what you learned in that year in terms of trying to find more balance oh, or yes. more time with your daughter? Absolutely. And and the only times you know I didn't have my daughter, you know, she was we we be with her dad like Tuesdays if I'd work Tuesday nights or Saturday nights when I had to okay. work. Um, or you know if it was based around my work really and he worked very well her, uh, I can't say enough good things about him um, in that regard good. but uh, and I think that's important that was hugely important especially with my job and knowing you know what kind of weird hours I would keep I brought back with me I live in I always say I live one day it's like dog years <laughs> my 3:30 till 11 o'clock at night is like nobody else's I mean I live and learn with every I feel every wrinkle in the fabric mm. as it comes by so when I came back in I came back in. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be a whole person I've, I'm, until I, the lights go out. I have a lot of work to do. But I love my attitude now is different. I'm not as angry. I'm not as upset. I don't take it out on my family. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it's not fair. Right. Um, I feel like I have more focus on what my job is instead mm-hmm. of, I, you know, you have a tendency to want to solve the world's problems. Yeah. You see yes. a problem in another department and you want to get involved instead oh, of just. I know all about that. Yep. Here. Instead of going, no, you need to take care of that <laughs> and I can do it. For, it's like teaching your children how to load the dishwasher. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can do this in 10 seconds. You guys are over there fooling around for an hour and you broke stuff. And you, you, you know what? You got to let them go. Yeah, you do. So. Being effective in that regard and being an effective part of a team, I learned how to do that better. Mm. I learned how to laugh more. Mm-hmm. I learned how to let some things go. It was the best lesson of my life. And I had to jump through one of the biggest circles of fear, which was what happens if you lose everything you thought you had planned out. And I highly recommend embracing a jump when you have to take it. I didn't have a choice. But I had to take it. It turned out one of the best things that ever happened to me because I learned I'm not going to die from it. Yeah. I could actually be better. Yeah. And I'll tell you the secret, too. I didn't come back full time at first. Okay. I stayed with the other company. I would work 24 hours on a Friday, right? <sighs> Working two jobs because I had bands and nightclubs and all kinds of things. But I would work 24 hours for like about five years. I would DJ on Saturday nights, too. So I was doing six, seven days oh, a week, boy. appearances and everything as much as I could. As my daughter got older, well, right? Well, Sure. And she, well, she didn't want me around most of the time. But, you know, I I jumped into the work. Mm-hmm. And I learned to love it so much and enjoy it so much. I was running, but I didn't come back to the station full time. I said, I'll do this part time and my other job full time because this person has my loyalty and has my back. Yeah. And you didn't. And until you prove to me that this is where I yeah. need to be and I feel like this is 100%, I'm not. So you came back on your own terms. I did. In a way, like losing that role made you more fearless 
And we talk a lot about resiliency on here because it, you're right. It's those moments. It's not when you're knocked down. It's how you get back up. Well, and look at every single time that I've said now through the course of this that I had that bad instructor who was just beating me up yeah. to get into college. What makes you think you're good enough to be here? What makes you think you're good enough to have me? I don't know where that came from. It just sounded, it felt right. It's that yeah. inner voice. That does, it's, not, it's not saying I'm better than you. It's saying I'm worthy. Yes. Even when I didn't know I was. Yes. And other people saw things in me I know I, I didn't see. When Ed asked me, you know, coffee, if I should do the tape, yeah, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I just didn't know, know that I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And not to be afraid. And then when you do have those moments where you get cracked and they hurt, they hurt, they hurt bad. Whether it's a divorce or uh, you know a, a job loss, the big ones. Yeah, it's hard. You know, whatever it is that's important to you, when you have a loss like that, I mean, you're still here and you still, I, every day I wake up, I just want to be productive. Yep. I just want to produce. I just want to be a part of something bigger than me and I want to have fun doing it. Well, you're certainly doing it. I mean, uh, this is this has been so enjoyable. I have about a thousand more questions, but I'm going to wrap it up for you. I just want to ask career advice you have for people getting into radio. And I know you said don't do it, but <laughs> but for those that really are dying to do it or just career advice for for think about like the young graduates or even the people that went back to college to earn those degrees and they're getting out there and they want to shift careers. What advice do you have for them? I think we're at a, the most exciting place in history right now. I think because of all the things that have happened, we have an opportunity to take, I mean, you know, look at Central Penn College alone. This facility is beautiful and it's amazing. And I'm not, you know, I won't blow smoke. I toured the place. I saw everything. I saw the game room. <laughs> I saw, you know, the esports well, section. Thank you. Yeah, but opportunities like this to go back to school have never been easier, have never been more affordable, uh, better opportunities. Because look, when I was there, I, I can't transfer those last couple of credits. Yeah, I can't go awful. back to Philly. It doesn't work like that. Right. Some people couldn't go back, but now they can. So whatever it is that you're doing, you know, be passionate about it and do it 100%. I'm maybe the wrong person if you want to say have a backup plan. I say go for whatever you want and go all out. Yeah. But here's the thing. If there's a why in the road and you're forced to take the other one less taken, take it and enjoy it and be passionate about it and realize that there are, unlike my school teacher or the counselor in school, there are other avenues out there. That's right. It's not just the one. There's not just one class that you were told. It, there are so many jobs out there you don't even know exist. That's right. Follow the road. Take it wherever it goes. Have faith in yourself that you'll catch yourself if you fall. Try everything you can possibly try. Take every class you can take and don't stop learning. And just go for what you want to do. If you believe in it, other people are going to believe in you too. Oh, you're awesome. Oh. You've inspired me. <laughs> Um, real quick at the end of each now podcast. Now I have to go home and do the dishes, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. That's when the glamour sets that's the, in. That's the book. There's a book called uh, After the Ecstasy, The Laundry. Yeah. yeah after uh, you have this big epiphany, you go, oh yeah, that's right. I have a chore to do. Pretty, when I get pretty much sums mm -hmm. it all up. Um, at the end of each podcast, I ask a series of very quick rapid response questions. Oh, good. Top of your head response. Right. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Top song, group, or artist on your playlist right now? Chevelle. Chevelle. That's a, it used to be the cure. Now it's Chevelle. Ah. This week, it's, some, it's weekly sometimes. Okay. And, and I do go country, by the way. I'm a big Chris Stapleton fan. Really? Mm -hmm. I would not have guessed that. Yep. All right. Dog or cat? Dog. Every single guest has said dog. Best thing that happened to you this month? I got to go to Arizona. Oh, I got to go okay. back to one of the places that I love. I was in Sedona for a little while at this beautiful little B&B. &B. 
Um, it, it was called Casita Juan in a Million. This woman had twinkling <laughs> lights just hanging out, and it was a nice summery breeze. Oh, and, how nice. Yeah, so that, that was, well, I think, pretty the highlight. Good. Yeah. That's a good so one. So far. And favorite beverage? I am a Diet Dr. Pepper fan. Diet Dr. Massive Pepper. proportion. Well, I wish I would have known I would have gotten you. No, that's okay. That. I need water. All right, I shouldn't good. drink it as much soda good. as I do. Well, Jen, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit here. I know after you've been on air all day, the last thing you want to do is sit down on a no. podcast at a college radio station. I've had fun. I hope I at least inspire somebody. You and I really did. appreciate you asking me to come on anytime. I love doing this kind of thing. Thank Whatever you. inspires anybody to get up and do what they love to do, do it. Well, it's been an honor to spend this time with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Bridge, hosted by Central Penn College President Linda Fadrizi-Williams. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a great rating on your favorite podcast service. The Bridge is available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes of The Bridge, stories of resilience, courage, and innovation with Dr. Linda Fadrizi-Williams. We'll see you next time.